You're listening to a podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au where we celebrate talented Australian writers and their books. So here I am at the Writers in the Park Festival meeting such interesting people and I've come across this extraordinary writer called Meredith Costain. Meredith, I've just checked you out on your website Mm -hmm. and you were born on a dairy farm. I was, yes. (laughs) But you said you preferred books and Mm. writing to milking cows. Absolutely. I was very much an inside person. So while my brother and sister were out milking the cows and riding the horses and dagging around in the mud... I was very much inside with my nose in a book or playing the piano or making up stories and scribbling them down. Right. Or, or, you know, jumping around in a ballet outfit or something. (laughs) I was the creative child. Right, okay. And in a family, in a farming uh, family, was that frowned upon that you didn't want to (laughs) milk cows? No, no, it was okay. Um, It it was a situation where my father, uh, his brother, he, they shared the farm together so that you know it wasn't like we had to be like I went to school with kids and they actually did the milking um, right. while dad went out and picked up potatoes or something but oh, right. there were plenty of farm hands um, so and and there were just books and books and reading were yeah. a big thing in my house yes so. isn't that wonderful and and it's almost like it's a calling for you because I noticed that you're your, uh, you and your two cousins produced oh, a yes. newspaper called The Thrilling Three. <laughs> the Thrilling Three, yes. I wonder where oh, they got that name from. that? <laughs> yes, and, yeah. and, and at the age of nine, your first mm. poem published in the age of all So tell me about that experience. That must have been quite powerful for you it, at that it age. It was hugely powerful. Um, and to tell you the story, I'm going to have to let people know that I'm actually quite old because... Um, it's they... all relative, <laughs> Meredith. It's all relative. Oh, okay. But, you know, if, if they can go back to the, you know, when decimal currency came in. The thing was, it was it was called the Junior Age. I mean, the Age newspaper is a, is a fabulous newspaper. Yes. But um, to be published in, you know, to be published, to be in print at the age of nine was incredible. And they actually paid me. They paid me 17 shillings and sixpence. That's a fortune in those days. Absolutely. For a nine-year-old, yes. did your parents hold it in trust until <laughs> you were 18? <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Um, Goodbye so, farm by then. Yeah, but it, it made me even more determined to become a writer and I actually had a pen name picked out and everything because did I thought you really? that's what you did. And what yes. was it? It was going to be, believe it or not, Gemma Craven. Gemma Craven. Because I thought it sounded terribly literary. And then as I got older, I, and when I did need a pen name for some books that I've written, uh-huh. um, and they said, well, we actually need a pen name for these books because of the type of books that they were. All right. And I said, oh, I'm going to be Gemma So they Craven. weren't children's no. books? <laughs> well, no, they were, actually. They oh, were, were they? They were characters, oh. yes, particular characters and things, though. Right. Um, and I did actually start off doing Dolly Fiction, and there were a lot of oh. uh, feminists writing dolly fiction and they didn't necessarily they were academics at universities yes <laughs> they didn't necessarily well, oh. well anyway everybody was asked to have a pin name for those yeah. oh. um and then i found out that Gemma craven was actually an english actress um <laughs> right and that your name's so, quite good actually yeah i changed <laughs> it to Gemma carey because peter carey at that time 
I loved his short stories. So right. I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'll be the love child of Peter Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Did you let Peter know? No. <laughs> Sadly, he's still uh, oh, still unaware. Still oblivious. That he, <laughs> still oblivious, yes. Lost opportunity. Lost opportunity. <laughs> so Barbie, Barbie books were actually some of the books under the Gemma Carey right. name. Yes. Ah. So they were fun to write. And they sent me a doll, more to the point. It's <laughs> <laughs> even better. Yes. Um, when you're young, that might be even better than 18 Well, I wasn't, so, <laughs> I wasn't so young then. I was a bit oh, older right, by of then. Course. Yes, okay. yes. No, this and was, I was I well advanced by then. What, what an interesting... You've travelled to such exotic places mm-hmm. and you were a teacher, as were many writers, yes, especially indeed. children's authors. They started you, as teachers. What did you do with your arts degree? This was a thing. You That's did an it. arts degree and suddenly you it went was teaching. Like, yeah, you became a teacher. And... Um, and you're into playing the blues and you were in rock mm-hmm. and blues bands. Yes, you're quite a cool character. Uh, very cool, yes. I'm a cool chick. <laughs> a cool chick. Yeah. And um, you travelled to these exotic places as a teacher, is that right? No, no. no? Um, I taught for a couple of years and um, when I was at uni I actually hitched around, my mother didn't naughty that I was hitching when I was 19, <laughs> I hitched around New Zealand with a girlfriend and I met a lot of American and Canadian people who were travelling and I thought, wow, you know, wouldn't this be great? And I thought, well, I'm going to you know, see see what happens later on. I thought, well, I'll teach for a couple of years and save $10,000 and then go around the world, Terrific. which is what I did. So if, yeah. when I was 22, 23, I just bought a backpack and off I went for two years. An and adventurer. Just, and it was not like today when you book in your Airbnb six months ahead. You just went and you just yeah. went to a place and if there was somewhere to stay, you stayed there and if not, you stayed with the, you know, in the, yeah. in the Longman's hut. Yeah. I mean, you Nothing just... Nothing was planned. You, it was no, just, yeah. You put up a tent in a the field. The seat of your pants and... Absolutely. Yeah. And, that, you know... Which was a good thing, I think. I think oh, we've lost yeah. a bit of that. We have lost a bit. It's all micromanaged now. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry. And it's, it's easier mm. now that I'm older to do it that way, but where's the yeah. fun? You know? No, I know, I know. Well... Um, two of your favourite things are music and dogs, yes. and they seem to come out in all of your books. I know they do absolutely. Dogs are, you know, my fa- most favourite thing, and um, yeah. they do wrangle their way into lots of my stories. Absolutely, right. because who could not love dogs, really? Yes. So, <laughs> so, so um, music and dogs and travel, and and with the travel. Uh, I'm assuming there's a wonderful thing on your website. You must go and see meredithcostain.com.au, is it? Uh, just, just dot com. com. Just dot com. com. Yeah. Um, there is a, a in her about her section. There's a wonderful little um, little snippet about when she decided to become a full time writer, and it was something to do with a car fight you lost in Paris. Do I did lose that. that. I did lose that car fight, but it actually was a real watershed moment for me. So even though it was not the nicest thing to happen, it, it had a, a big impact on well, me what, becoming what a full time writer. Uh, well, I was uh, crossing the road. And yeah. um, it was actually on a pedestrian crossing, oh, no. but the light—it was a lighted one—and the light started to change. And I thought, um, "Have I got time to get across?" And I actually looked the wrong way, so I could oh, see cars. And they I travel thought, on the other I side thought of the they road. were going yeah. away from me. My brain told me that they yes. were actually coming towards me. Oh. So off I merrily go across the crossing, and they just came. And I did the full TAC <gasps> thing where it no. hit me in the leg and broke it in three places. And then I went over the bonnet, presumably, and landed and dislocated 
dislocated my shoulder. Oh, no. So you spent time in hospital. Five weeks and in hospital. But, but, but I had yeah. real plaster of Paris. Oh, so you could write. <laughs> but I was in Paris. <laughs> That's gorgeous. Yes. Well, only with one. Unfortunately, I had the you know the arm. But yeah, I spent um, I spent about ten days in the French hospital, and then um, my wow. sister was working as a dietitian in a hospital in England. And so, and I had insurance, thankfully. Yeah, and so thank I was airlifted yeah. and spent the rest of the time there. Right. But it, what it did was it made me realise that life was too short to not be doing what you wanted to do. Yes. And I had been writing for some time at that point, part-time, while I was mm-hmm. teaching English. And I thought, no, I, I want to be a writer. Yeah. So I, uh, I didn't resign. I just took leave without pay. And then I took a second year without pay. And by this time I'd started working on editing kids' magazines and writing and I started the Dolly Fiction and I thought, oh, maybe I can do this. So I didn't go back. And it looks like you can. Uh, because <laughs> I've seen... How many books have you written now? There's oh. a lot of books on your website there. How Some of many? them are really little, but it would yes. be getting... It would be around the 300 mark, I'd say, easily, yeah. Oh if my not goodness. more by now, yeah. <gasps> yeah. But goodness. some of them are very little. Um, a lot of them are tra- what's called... I mean, there's a difference between trade and education mm. publishing, and a lot yes. of them are trade books, which are the ones where you go to a bookshop and there yes. it is. Yes. But a lot of my books are also used in classrooms for... Yeah, stuff. I can see um, you've got... Um, um, Meredith has the Tashi series. Tell us about the well, Tashi the ta- series. Well, actually, the Tashi series are, are, are written um, were an existing thing. I actually just did they've they've done TV tie-ins, and I just did the activities for those. So the Tashi series right. isn't really mine. That's a, that's another that's the Feinberg's Anna and her. Oh, I see. Those. Yes. So yeah, not not the, not um, not those ones so much. Mm. But they're, and, they're and then there, there's ones. there's a book I noticed. Daddies are great. Ah, ah yes. Now, what what's the inspiration for that? Because you don't have children, do you? I do not have children. No, no. no. But so I have. But I did have a dad. You did have <laughs> well, a dad. Well, I mean, We've all you know, all my books are for kids. Um, you don't yeah. have to have children to to write. You just no. need to be able to see the world through a child's eyes. And yes. really, I'm six or I'm twelve. I think there's a know, child in you, isn't there? Still, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I never got past fourteen. That's for sure. I think that's really so. Good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people say, "Oh, well, you know, I've got children, and I watch them and just stuff." You do. I think you do need to observe. Um, observe. You need to be what in kids touch, are doing. Don't you? And I do mm. go into schools a lot, primary mm. schools, because that's my yeah. audience, and and listen to the kids' speech patterns, and yes. you know, find out what they're reading and what they're interested in. And I'm mm-hmm. always talking to kids. But you don't necessarily have to have your own kids to write for children. You do need to be able to be inside their head and see the world yes. through their eyes. Right. Um, and you don't want to write down to children. You don't want to fill books up with messages. Yes, that, that's come out with almost all of the um, children's authors that I've interviewed mm. in that... In fact, Hazel Edwards said to me mm-hmm. that, um, that people think that writing for children is easy. Ah, uh-huh, no. And in actual <laughs> fact, yes. you know, I'm looking at... Um, at everybody's um, uh, you know methodology and and it's really very complicated. It's extremely complicated to get it. And right. picture books are yes. the hardest thing of all. And everybody thinks, mm. oh, you know, they're only four hundred words. I could dash that off over yes. you know before breakfast. It can take <laughs> years and years, and you yes. might change a word, and you, then you might think of something else, or you know, you just yeah. you're just rewriting constantly. I mean, for yes. for a longer work, I would do six or seven drafts for a picture book. Right. I'd probably do forty. 
it's, it is just, it's like a poem. It's like writing a poem. So every word has to count. You can't yes. have any... And your early writing was as a poet, so I suppose you've got well, that, um, yes. that discipline yep. of, of, of getting it just so yep. yeah, and and I love writing in rhyming text, mm. and I think mm. a lot of you know people say where did this come from? Well, I grew up yeah. you know with C J Dennis and A A Milne, and yes. we recited poems and we had poetry books that we wrote them out and yes, I know, had I to memorise in yep. year six C J Dennis hissed heart hissed heart yes and night is very dark, dark. I still <laughs> remember it to yes this and the triangle once you gongalope yes yep and yep. you know it's um. It's a shame that we don't have more rote learning because that mm. went out of fashion in schools. It did, But absolutely. I think it has a place, you know, not, yeah. not as the only didactic method mm. that you've got, but, um, but I think, um, yeah, there's a place for it, particularly yeah. with poetry. Well, yes, and a lot of people do um, want to write rhyming picture books, which is great, but they say, oh, well, so how do you do it? You know, do you, count, you, know, do, you do this, you do that? And I said, you go out and read a whole lot. And yes. you get the rhythm in your head. And yes. when the rhythm is in your head... And then the 40 or 50 edits. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but anything that I'm... If I'm doing a rhyming picture book or something like that, I start with the rhythm. So if the rhythm the rhythm has to be there first. Yes. And then I can fit my words and lines in around it. But without yeah. the rhythm, it's not going to work because yes. that will give you your, you know, your even pacing throughout yes. it. And you don't yeah. then try and weasel words in where they shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Which people often do. Which people often they, do. They, you know, worse I did say than a, rhyme, a rhyming book that doesn't quite rhyme. Quite scan, yeah, or it doesn't quite scan. <laughs> doesn't work. No, mm. the lines are all mm. different lengths. And um, you have this uh, extraordinary series, the Ella Diaries. Ah, that's my new series. Yes, yes. that looks very yeah, impressive. Are. Tell me about that. Well, I, I noticed that they're all a pinkish colour. Yeah, they're very much for girls. It's a girly yes. series for sure. Yeah. Um, and they reflect girls' interests, and I was very yeah. keen to do this because the, the the thing in publishing now is that you know boys will only read what boys want to read, but girls yeah. will read anything, and so yeah. often publishers yeah. to make something commercial because they want everyone mm. buying them is that they'll pitch them to boys, and there'll be boys on the cover, and because yes. boys won't pick up something with the girls on the cover, and I thought girls That's need right. their own stories and yeah. their own interests reflected. Yeah. So they are quite girly, unashamedly girly. Um, and, and what age group uh, would you suggest? Uh, seven up, so mm -hmm. seven to ten, but I, I have the girls... Ella so middle in primary. grade five, yes. I have a lot yes. of girls who are in Three, grade four, five. five yeah. yeah, two, grade yeah. two, up to yeah. about grade five. Um, and she's a little bit like Meredith in that in times she, of great yeah. angst, she writes poems. Oh, that's so. <laughs> that's it's a, sort of so you can get that uh, yeah. that out as well. Yes, <laughs> yes. satisfy the urge well, the, to the write. The publisher poetry. wanted me to write something that was funny and reflective. So there's a yeah. lot of humour in them, and uh, she she uses a lot of big words, and sometimes she gets them wrong. But I wanted to be able to expose kids to to you know different language yeah and, and I play with words and have fun with words you know that's a theme that's come out with all the children's authors too in um pamela allen was the mm -hmm. same that you know i'll use big words because yep. you know children are not not, yes, you know that that they need to be stretched. And they do, and, and learn the, these words in context. The very first radio interview I did actually yes. was when my first picture came out, picture book came out, which was called Musical Harriet. Right. And the opening sentence for that was Harriet Finkelmeyer was exceptionally musical, 
And the interviewer said, now, exceptionally, that's a very big word for a four-year-old. And I said, yes, but they will understand it because it's in context. In and the if context, you, If yes. you put a big word in context, then there should be no no problem with it. No, I can imagine. I mean, if I said to a, a, a five-year-old, you know, oh, you are an exceptional mm. reader or whatever, mm. they know that's something positive. Yeah. Yes, they? exactly. So, yes. And it's often the way so think, that you say um, it, the way you yeah. use the word and the words that fit around it. And Yeah, and this is sort of linked to that uh, notion that people say oh, it's easy to write for children, you just write simple words. Well, Mm-mm. it's not true. <laughs> no. It's not true. No, you have to mix yeah. them up. You have to mix it's them up. It's wonderful. Um. What was curious, I, I saw, is there's a book there about Bindi Irwin. Ah, oh, there is, yes. <laughs> Do tell me how that came well, about. Okay. That seemed to well, sort of just... <laughs> Because I've be... been because I've been around since the year dot, quite often I have <laughs> publishers who commission me to write right. various things. Right. So um, in this case, she she had a, um, a series, for, and it was for sort of that middle primary one. And yes. then she grew older, and they thought, let's do another series where she's actually you know fourteen rather than nine or ten herself right. still with the conservation issues very much yes yes um and what would happen was australia bindi and australia yes yeah, bindi and australia yeah. zoo would come up with with what they wanted to be about so one was about um ghost nets which is something i didn't know anything about suddenly i wow. had to find out about ghost nets and they're basically what are they sh- well they're um <laughs> southeast asian fishing vessels who are out fishing in the deep seas and right. they have huge trawling nets Wow. And they often fall off the side of the boat and, oh. and end up on Australian shores, up in the sort of the Gulf of Carpentaria. Oh, but on the way, they pick up dolphins and oh, turtles yes. and dugongs and land on the oh, beach. So and that must have felt really good to write that book. And, yeah, and, you know, yeah. There's so, a pause behind Yeah, that and lots, of, conserva- lots of conservation yeah. issues and things. But um, interestingly, and the other one was about um, diving with turtles and... Yeah things like that but Bindi actually read all of the manuscripts and you know said oh really? I think you know you wouldn't do that there because you know you wouldn't sl- the crocodile might come or something like that so she was very involved she's with the smart, stories she smart is a very smart operator girl. isn't she yes she's yes. really something she's, she uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with her and yeah that must have been a really good feeling I think to get that mm. book out yeah it was nice it's wonderful yeah. um do you write uh things that are not for children are you no. no, no, you like to just <laughs> no, no. Focus I haven't got past fourteen. Um, early on, I did write some poetry that was perhaps yeah. more adult, but no, I can't. No, no, I can't do it. I don't know what it is. I well, just... if you absolutely <laughs> enjoy what you do, that's the important yeah, thing. Isn't yes. It? Um, yeah, yes. I, I, I noticed that you're married to Paul Collins. I am indeed. Yes, <laughs> you know Paul. And Paul is a writer. He is. And tell me what are the benefits and the issues when you are two writers okay. <laughs> together? Well, the very good thing is, I mean, I always say to people, get a writing buddy in which case, I mean, someone who you can sound ideas off or yes. if you're stuck for a word. And if they're just down the other end of the hallway yes. and you can run down and say... So these are the I'm positives. <laughs> I'm really stuck. I'm really stuck. What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Or you can tell them I'm stuck and this is where I'm up to and you throw a few things in and you can see them start to think. But in the telling, it's in the telling of what, right. of where you're stuck. You're verbalising it. You don't even need them to say anything. Suddenly it's like, I oh, know, don't tell me 
shut up? I know. I've got to run back and write it now. I know what it is. Um, and does he so, bounce off you too? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it yes. goes both ways. Yes. What does he write? He, um, well, completely different. He's science fiction and fantasy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so, so it's a little bit uneven because he writes 100,000 word huge fantasy novels and you know I do picture books and 32 pages yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's not really really fair as oh, much but it is enough. but yeah. it's also good to have someone proofread you know they pick oh, up that fresh set of eyes yeah. they can yeah. pick up things and probably it's it makes it a richer relationship that you're coming from a completely different spectrum you know end of the spectrum for, for, for yes. writers so. yes it is so it's good. good yes we balance each other and uh, you can go to writers festivals together which is really good we can you do yes, that yes we sometimes do. Yes. <laughs> yes 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 we actually go away and do quite a lot of um right, right. he he has um He's actually a publisher now. He's publishing a lot of children's and YA right. fiction. Yes. Um, and he also manages An extraordinary and publisher, actually. Yes, he is. Yes, I would like to interview him one oh, day. So well. just do let him know. I shall. I'll be writing to him. Okay. <laughs> Meredith, it's been fantastic talking to you and you are so vibrant and exciting oh, and your you. website shows the most wonderful array of books. There's one that was written with Pamela Allen and it's called Doodle Dum Dancing. Yes. I would highly recommend it. It has a little sticker, shortlisted book. It was an book it was an honour book. Yes. An honour book. In the so Children's Book Council. You Awards. are an extraordinarily talented writer and thank you very much for sharing this with us. Meredith Costain, C O S T A I N dot com. Do go, do buy her books and support a wonderful Australian writer. Thank you. Thank you, Suzanne. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from www.aussiewriters.com.au and if you are a reader or a writer, then hop on over to our website and subscribe. Subscribe.